Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And joining me, as always, is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How's it going? It's great. We are back together in the same location in the Los Angeles office at Billboard. I mean, even yesterday morning, we both weren't even in the state of California, and now here we are recording. Wait. (laughs) That's right. You you weren't. I was at a coworker's wedding. That's right. Yes. Um, um, uh, Denise Warner. Um, uh, did she change her last name? Yes, she did. What was she did? Not professionally though. Oh, so we'll just keep her as Denise Warner on the podcast. What's what's her title? She's Billboard.com's news editor. Editor. She's the editor editor of Billboard.com. Well, um, send send your congratulations uh, to Denise because without Denise, the pop shop wouldn't exist on .com technically. That's correct because the website wouldn't exist without her. There's that too. (laughs) Um, Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop and denise warner's wedding um on billboard's weekly charts in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news fun chart stats and stories new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop today on the show we've got lots of news about taylor swift from her making a rare statement on politics and taking the stage for some surprise collaborations with Marin Morris and Sugarland in the past few days. Plus, we've got big charts news about Lil Wayne, Cher, and Paul McCartney. Also on the show, we have an interview with Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. The pop star chats with us about all the doors that new rules opened for her, the Grammy buzz around her this year, speaking up for her fans and more. So stick around for all that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Let's do some chart chat. <laughs> uh, first up, Lil Wayne lands his fourth number one album on the Billboard 200 chart as The Carter Five debuts atop the tally. The set bows with 480. 80,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending October 4th, according to Nielsen Music. And that sum is the third largest week for an album in 2018. Further, the Carter 5 also opens with the second biggest streaming week ever for an album, with 433 million on-demand audio streams logged for its songs in its first week. Okay. (laughs) 
Lots of Little Wayne talk. In fact, we could actually have sort of a whole show around Little Wayne's chart. The Wheezy stuff. Cast. The Wheezy. The Wheezy Cast. Do you think? Do you think that exists? It oh, might. it probably does. Little Wayne might have a podcast called the Wheezy Cast. <laughs> um, the 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 big Little Wayne news isn't limited to the Billboard 200, as Little Wayne debuts just you know 22 songs on the Billboard Hot 100, including four in the top 10, and for the first time ever. Uh, he becomes the first artist to debut a pair of songs in the top five in the same week as Mona Lisa featuring Kendrick Lamar starts at number two and Don't Cry featuring Tentacion bows at number five. Uh, meanwhile, at number one on the Hot 100, Maroon 5's Girls Like You featuring Cardi B holds atop the tally. Uh, so, yes, all things Little Wayne. Make sure to visit billboard.com slash chart dash beat. For more. Katie's holding up her hands. Well, this is, I, I was just going to say this is not a diss to this song at all, but I am really surprised about, uh, I, I was pumped that Maroon 5 with Girls Like You broke through to number one with all the Drake at number one, obviously yeah. Unstoppable Drake, but third week up top, like I, I'm really like impressed with its longevity. Uh, me too. I kind of thought, I think some folks thought that Lil Wayne was going to debut at number one, but mm. I think the radio on Maroon 5's side kept, unstoppable. kept it just a bit ahead of yeah. Lil Wayne's streams. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but... Congratulations to yeah. Adam and to Cardi and to the whole crew. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's third week. I'm, no, you're right. I am? Yeah. You, you, oh, good. Katie actually knows <laughs> about charts this week. I literally just looked at Gary's article. <laughs> I, I left that out. I had that written down. I'm like, you know, I'm not positive right now. So let's just avoid saying that. Um, well, next, it's a busy week in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 as five albums bow in the region, including the entire top four. And one of those albums is Cher's new ABBA covers album, Dancing Queen. The set starts at number three, tying for Cher's highest charting solo album ever. Uh, it matches the peak of 2013's Closer to the Truth. Further, Dancing Queen bows with 153,000 units earned, and of that sum, 150,000 were in album sales. Now, that sales figure is the largest for any pop album by a woman in 2018, and it's also Cher's largest sales week since Nielsen Music began tracking sales back in 1991. Wow. Go Cher. Go Cher. Have you listened to the album yet, Katie? I have not. I've only heard um, uh, the... SOS, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. gimme. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. I've said that before. I'll say it again. I mean, it's a perfect fit. You know, strange that you would have never thought that, but it does. I I actually think it is. I don't know. It's something about because I don't know it, when you think about um her biggest most recent hit, Believe, and you think about like what like a dance floor filler that was. Like it's like Abba share duh. True. <laughs> that's how I was thinking about that, it. That's why it made sense to cast her in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Exactly. Uh, lastly, Paul McCartney, who recently topped the Billboard 200 with his new album. And recently hopped on the phone with Keith. Yes, but not on the podcast. <laughs> We're still working on that, Sir Paul. If you ever want to come back to the podcast or come here for the first time, we will welcome you with open arms. Um, anyway, as we said, he recently topped the Billboard 200 with his new album, Egypt Station. And he's back in the top 10 of the adult contemporary songs airplay chart for the first time in over 25 years. The new album single, Come On To Me, rises 13 to 10 this week on the chart. McCartney hasn't been in the top 10 of the adult contemporary chart since way back on April 3rd, 1993, when Hope of Deliverance peaked at number 9. His first top 10 hit on the adult contemporary chart was Another Day back in 1971, and 
if you're wondering, of course, Paul is part of the Beatles, and the Beatles had their first top 10 hit, um, actually their first top, their first hit on the AC chart, on the adult contemporary chart in 1969 with something. Uh, something I don't think actually peaked in the top 10. As I quickly look, <laughs> um, you can hear the typing. I'm clickety-clacketing. This is really happening. Um, they peaked at number 17, something did. Their first top 10 on the adult contemporary chart was actually Let It Be, which went to number one. Well, look at that. So there you go. All these legends doing big things in 2018. I love it. Yeah, Lil Wayne as well. Uh, and Lil Wayne, obviously a legend in his own right. Yeah. I know. You kind of wonder at what point, you know, because we, we, we sometimes bandy about those words like the icon, the legend, the... the, the... That dude's been making music for 20 years. So, right. So yeah. it's like, at what point does someone, do you start applying like an adjective like legend or icon? You know, it's funny because it almost feels like when you say legend, it feels, it, it's like you're taking them out of the contemporary world by saying that. Yeah. To an extent. But um, you know, actually, out of that, an article last week where somebody referred to themselves as a modern day Justin Timberlake and oh. it sort of bummed me out because it in my mind he Justin still Tillett. is modern day <laughs> but see when I when I say uh, legend I use it to just sort of try to distinguish them as someone who has been like sort of a consistent chart chart maker chart news maker uh, hit maker for decades I guess that's the thing is 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 two decades the amount that gives you legend status I it's weird. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's like our, our I mean, Beyonce has been making music since uh, the late nineties as well. I feel like I don't know. It's like in, if if it was like let's say if it was two thousand four, would we be referring to Madonna as a legend yet? Like I don't know. She, Maybe though. Yeah. It was like that was like twenty years after like a virgin. Yeah. Oh man. But like, would you? Or it's like. Or if people it, were for sure. Like in '84, would you have called the Beatles legends? Right. People were straight up calling Madonna a legend in the late '90s. I feel like. Yeah, that might have been. And yet she was still making, you know, yeah. one hundred hits. Points, to, points to ponder, kids. Oh my goodness, we yeah, that was a real tangent. Sorry. Not the script. Well, um, uh, <laughs> if you don't want to call this person a legend right now, she certainly will uh, be a legend in the making. A legend Taylor in the Swift. making. Um, we have an all Taylor Swift uh, headline edition here because it's I, the Swift I have to cast. Tell you, it is the Swift cast. Um, when I was looking at our top stories on Billboard.com, the three biggest stories were all about Taylor Swift. So I thought, let's talk about Taylor Swift today. Yeah. Um, so starting off with uh, Taylor's two big performances over the weekend, she had back-to-back nights in um, the Arlington, Texas AT&T Stadium. It's the Dallas area massive venue. And she was there Friday and Saturday night. Um, so for night one, she actually brought out hometown girl Maren Morris from Arlington, to perform The Middle, her massive pop crossover hit with Zed and Gray. And uh, Taylor and Marin both sang on the chorus, but it was mostly a showcase for the country star's vocals as she played um, AT&T Stadium, which is uh, the first time she's ever played there. So she told Taylor on her Instagram stories that it was a real bucket list moment for her. <laughs> um, the pair traded sweet messages on social media with Marin tweeting, Rooted in country, 90s babies, genre bending, unapologetic. I look up a whole lot to how... Taylor Swift has made a career, and I hope to someday achieve even a percent of what she's so gracefully cultivated. And then she's saying directly to Taylor, you know no boundaries, and that's what music should be about. Taylor, meanwhile, wrote on Instagram, VOCALS MARIN, in all caps. Marin is from Arlington, Texas, and judging from the deafening screeches of joy from the crowd, they are proud of her. So, so grateful this happened. I was so happy. I was really just bopping like an eight-year-old alone in my room. So that was very sweet. And then Taylor brought out yet another special guest for Saturday night, night two. I was going to say, was it the same show? She played two nights at two the stadium. Two nights, yes. 
Um, so next up, Swift uh, teamed up with little. I just said Little Big Town. That is not who she teamed up with at all. No, that would be Sugarland. She teamed up with Sugarland for night two. <laughs> Sorry, um, Sugarland. Yes, goodness. Um, they sang "Babe," which Taylor wrote and features on, and was a top ten hot country songs hit for the group. Also, the rare example of Taylor taking a featured role mm-hmm. on a song. Like, as opposed to, like, she did write a song for Little Big Town, obviously. Yeah. But she was not... Featured on it. No. I mean, she wrote it. And, I mean, I don't know if her vocals are anywhere on it, but this... She was also not featured on This Is What You Came For, which she also wrote. And also, her vocals are buried in there somewhere. Oh, they're somewhere in there. According to Calvin Harris, right? Mm. Like, like in the in the chorus, when Rihanna sings... Oh, it's just like a collection it's, of... It's somehow like their distorted vocals somehow oh, like, that are blended in. I don't Any, remember that. Anyway, we so... We Sugarland featuring... Taylor Swift. Yes. Um, she Babe. has done that a couple times. She was featured on ta- on Tim McGraw's um, Highway. Don't Care. Don't Care. And then a million years ago, there was... John Mayer, um, Half of My Heart. Oh, that wasn't a single, though, was that. it? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, fine. Um, it, it doesn't happen that often, though. But she had never performed Babe um, with Sugarland before. She had never performed it, I think, period. She said first night... Babe live for the first time tonight in Dallas. Oh. Um, this was so much fun, she said. Um, you can go to Taylor's Instagram to see nice video chunks of both of these performances if you would like. Um, but really the biggest headline of the weekend for Taylor Swift, uh, after a career of staying pretty quiet on all political issues, Swift decided to break her silence on Sunday with a single Instagram caption. And in a pretty significant way. Yes. Um, so she posted a lengthy letter to Instagram urging her followers to vote after educating themselves on the political candidates running in their states. In her post, Swift outlined her personal values and pledged to vote for candidates based on their commitment to protecting basic human rights for all, regardless of race, gender, or sexual orientation. She also very clearly uh, did not care for Republican Tennessee representative and Congress candidate Marsha Blackburn, whose voting record, quote, appalls and terrifies her. Hmm. Um, Switch revealed that she'll be voting for Democrats Phil Bredesen for Senate and Jim Cooper for the House of Representatives um, in Tennessee. And she began the post with, I'm writing this post about the upcoming midterm elections on November 6th, in which I'll be voting in the state of Tennessee. In the past, I've been reluctant to publicly voice my political opinions, but due to several events in my life and in the world in the past two years, I feel very differently about that now. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think, because she has been one of those, in case you were going to ask me what I thought. um, (laughs) Yes, Keith, what do you think about this? I, 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 I saw this news break when I was uh, in the lift coming home from the airport mm. yesterday. And I was trying to think, well, gosh, when, if ever, has Taylor actually explicitly said, given any sort of endorsement? And I, maybe she did a million years ago, but certainly for the um, Clinton versus Trump presidential election, I think the only thing she did was like maybe share a Instagram thing just telling from people the to vote. voting booth. Like saying like, I voted, yep. but didn't say who to vote for, what to vote for, learn the issues. I don't think she's she's never endorsed a specific candidate nope. necessarily since she's been a superstar. No. And she's always been kind of like, everyone has said, why hasn't Taylor said something as someone so influential, so huge, especially a woman who came from country music, who is this global pop superstar. Why are you not using your platform for this? Yeah. And as she says, she's been reluctant. I mean, there's so many things to say about this because it's like, I'm of the opinion that a musician, an artist in any way does not owe us 
their personal political opinions. I understand the idea of using your platform because it's so influential, but I also recognize that not everybody feels the need to speak publicly about this. Some people are private about their political leadings and views and that that's their prerogative. And so that's, and, but a lot of people have taken it into like this nefarious way of, Oh, she's trying to keep the entirety of her audience happy because she came from country, right. which is, you know, historically conservative. So she's like trying to play both sides by, you know, maybe uh, hanging out with a diverse crowd of people speaking up on LGBT issues, but not at all letting you know that she's liberal or votes democratic, you know, like, if she is liberal and votes Democrat. Well, now we know she's specifically voting for these two Democrats in, in this, but in in this, this election. In that's this election. All we, know. we don't know. Um, but she does say that, you know, things have happened in the past two years, which would pretty clearly mark it to the presidential election of Trump and Clinton. and In the world maybe, in the past two years. Yeah. And I, I think maybe, maybe she thinks... I should have said something. Maybe it might have made some sort of difference. I don't. Who knows if it, it would it, have? Was it a coincidence that her endorsement came a day after that? You know, uh, Brett Kavanaugh was voted as the next. Sure, Supreme that might Court have justice. been like okay. This is the time I need to speak up. And actually, in the interview that you're about to hear with Dua Lipa, I asked her about her speaking up about um, LGBT issues. She she spoke up against a Brazilian candidate for president who. Um, his elections on t- Tuesday, the day this podcast is going live, he has very dark views about the LGBT community, saying that he would rather his son die than be gay. Cool. Um, and right. so Dua spoke up about that. She also spoke up when fans apparently got kicked out of her concert in Shanghai for waving pride flags. Um, and, and she said, you know, maybe people are going to be like, why am I from, you know, I'm not from Brazil. Why am I getting, you know, meddling in their elections? Right. But she feel she feels that her platform can be used for good in that way. So it's it's a personal decision, but it's it's a pretty landmark thing that Taylor Swift specifically is speaking up now. It's an interesting time because uh, there was a tweet, and I'm I'm going to inaccurately, uh, and I realize you were probably trying to lead into the Dua Lipa interview, so I apologize. <laughs> but um, there there was some someone said something on the lines of this on Twitter, basically saying like we are at a time where the luxury of sort of not voicing an opinion or the luxury of just being an entertainer and not using your platform is past. Yeah. Um, and, and that was obviously coming from perhaps someone who is a liberal who maybe wasn't thrilled with Kavanaugh's, you know, confirmation. Sure, sure. Um, and obviously we're not a politics podcast. If you'd like, <laughs> if you'd like more of that, feel free to listen to Pod Save America. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that's great. I love listening to that. <laughs> I enjoy Pod Save America. Um, they, they say friend of the pod. Uh. Um, uh, hey guys, how's it going? Feel free to call uh, us. Um, but I was going to say one other thing too. Yeah. There's a comedian named Chris um, D'Elia uh, who just posted a thing where he compared a, a hat that Melania Trump wore to like a cartoon, mad, mad magazine cartoon. So somebody, you know, feels the need to comment, you know, stay out of politics. Like, why is everything got to be political? And he's like, why is it political that I'm noting that her hat looks like a cartoon character? He's like, that'd be like if I'm making fun of Hugh Jackman's hat and you tell me to stay out of acting. You know, like, why can't I say, like, I can't, like, literally it feels like you almost can't say anything without people being happy or upset with you. Like, uh, it's like that polarizing right Everything now. has become so incredibly divisive polarizing and that just it's like, like, might as well jump in the fray because anything said, you said. do is going to be... Anything. Yeah. I mean, and, and and Taylor herself has learned from this, where if she just, 
if she has one song that could be interpreted about something, suddenly like half of the pop world comes after her. Yep. If she speaks to Kanye West on a cell phone that she thought was a private conversation, suddenly that'll be used against her. Yep. So maybe she's just like, you know what? I am she's a little like, sensitive yeah, about saying stuff. If everything's going to come back to haunt me, then like let me start living supremely in my truth. <laughs> and here she is. Reputation. Yes. Period. Her reputation's never been worse, so you must like her for her. Let's move on to Dua Lipa. Okay. <laughs> Um, it is time for our sit down with Dua Lipa. I got to uh, catch up with her backstage at the Grammy Museum. So disappointed I wasn't there. Uh, Keith was unfortunately not there. He's out of the country. I um, suck. She performed and sat down for a Q&A at the theater there. And uh, we actually had her on the podcast back in February of last year. Before things started really kicking into high It was her. before her self-titled debut album was released. We were there first. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> and we talked all about how her life has just turned upside down since the release of New Rules last summer. We also chatted about her new music, which she's working on now, mm. her song Electricity with Silk City, a.k.a. Mark Ronson and Diplo, and the song's amazing video, why she thinks it's important to speak up for her LGBT fans, as we were mentioning. And since we were at the Grammy Museum, we had to talk about all the Grammy buzz around her and her album coming up into this year's show. Mm. So let's take a listen to our interview with Dua Lipa. You give me a feeling, feeling so strong. Hello to Dua Lipa and welcome Hello. to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank um, you so much for having me back. Oh yeah, we actually talked to you in February 2017, so wow, it was more than a year and a half ago. Yeah, crazy. Um, and you know, I can't even begin to listen, like list what you've done since then, and I'm sure you might not even know <laughs> all of the things you've done since then, but um, most importantly, you put out your debut self-titled album I did. Um, last summer, and can you just try to put into words like what it's been like since putting that album out? Um... Honestly, every single day I've done something different and I've never really spent more than a couple of days in one place and it's kind of exceeded all my expectations. You know, everything that I've wanted to do has is, is really kind of, you know, it's it's given me the opportunity to, to tour all over the world, to experience different crowds, to go around the world at least three times, <laughs> um, doing what I love and, and performing and getting to kind of change the production of my live show and you know, work with so many different artists mm. and perform at different on different TV shows and things that I, I, I never even imagined doing, like performing at like the UEFA Champions League and like a stadium full of football fans. <laughs> never in a million years did I think I'd get the chance to, to do that or I didn't even know that that was a possibility. Um, it's, it's all really just super exciting and yeah, it's really fun. Um, and obviously, New Rules, which you released in July last year, has been a life-changing song for you. Um, <laughs> it has. It was, it was the first top 10 single on the Billboard Hot 100 for you. But one of the coolest things about it is like how it just kept building and building and building um, because it actually broke the record for the most weeks ever spent on our pop songs radio airplay chart, spending 45 weeks oh on God. the chart. Yeah, so you did that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what is it like to have a, a song that, that is that huge on radio? Like, did, were you hearing it everywhere or still do you still yeah I, I do you know what I, I do hear it quite a lot but also when you're traveling so much it also it always does take you by surprise <laughs> when you're in a you know when you're so far away from home which is London for me to hear your song just on the radio when you're in in the middle of Asia it always does take you by surprise but it's very exciting that song has given me so many opportunities mm. and it's kind of you know it has really changed the whole game for me and has given me the opportunity to to play around with 
lots more different songs and you know more videos and kind of yeah it's this whole kind of process has been a lot of growing for me and I feel like I've grown a lot as an artist and as a person and my confidence has grown and I've grown closer to my fans and I've just kind of learned a lot lot more about this just this whole world and what has it been like seeing that fan base just grow and grow and grow like how do you manage to kind of like stay connected to all these people as you gain more and more fans well I'm so lucky because you know when I when I first started I had lots of fans kind of messaging me and so I would follow them and they they're the people that keep me in touch with so many other fans so as everything starts growing they make other fans either at you know the live shows or online and they're like you should follow this person and then so I do and we all kind of create these um like private dm groups on twitter (laughs) and we just you know stay in contact like that and I you know I I try and learn as much as I can about them and try to have more of a personal relationship to them um and you know it's also important that you know being able to talk to them whenever I get the opportunity, whether it is just through tweets or whether it is through um, direct messages or whatever way I can, it's really important because their criticism means a lot to me and they are very honest and it's always really nice to know what they like and what they would like to see more of or, you know, they always have um, different ideas of like, oh, you should sing this song live and so you would kind of change up the set because you want, you know, you want to give them the best show that, you know, that they deserve for everything that they've done. Um, they have a lot of input. Really fun. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's all a very, like, collaborative experience. It's it's one thing, you know, I, I put in all the things that I want and I, you know, the, the production and what I do for the live show, I think it's, it's, you know, all my decisions. So when you're choosing the songs, you also want to make sure that they, they come down and they listen to the ones that they love as well because there are some fan favorites that sometimes I maybe forget that they like so much yeah. that um, I like to kind of change it up and do it for them. Another fan group that you've been, you know, really connected with is your LGBT fans. And, um, you know, a couple of times you've had an opportunity to really uh, stand up for them in the last few weeks, including uh, talking about, uh, you know, pride flags at your Shanghai concert and um, talking about the Brazilian presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Why is it important to you to speak out for those fans? Um, because... Well, first of all, I'm I'm very grateful to have been given this platform to be able to to speak about things that I feel are important. Um, also, you know, it, it's these are things that are very close to my heart. I believe very, very, you know, highly about equality and everybody having the same opportunity and there being a lot more acceptance in the world. And, you know, being from London, sometimes you live in your little bubble where there's so much diversity and there's so much acceptance and you don't really realize that it's not like that in every other part of the world and so you feel like because you are given this platform you have a duty to really speak up and speak out about the things that are important and I know a lot of people were you know that there were some Brazilian fans or some Brazilian people that were probably quite upset that I had a you know my own say about Brazilian politics which I guess to some extent people are like you know you're not from Brazil why are you talking about this but I care a lot about my fans Mm -hmm. and I care a lot about you know everything that has happened in in the world and I feel all these things that wouldn't have been my personal choice especially in like the political world I feel like they're very important to be able to at least make sure that the people who follow you and support you know exactly what they're doing and know the importance of voting and know the importance of taking their future into their own hands and um these are just things that I I strongly believe in and I've been given this platform and so I'm going to use it for that 
And um, speaking of this platform, it's also giving you an opportunity to collaborate with some really big artists. And you have a couple of huge dance songs over these past few months, including uh, One Kiss with Calvin Harris, of course, and now with uh, Silk City, Diplo and Mark Ronson with Electricity. Um, first of all, the video for that song is killer. Thank you um, so much. <laughs> how did all that choreography come together and, and how did you rehearse for that? I mean, you are the star of that show. Um, thank you. That, you know, I feel like during this whole process of this whole campaign, I've, I've grown a lot more confident and I've been, you know, with, with every video, I feel like I've, I've gotten more used to the way that I move and that I dance. And for this video, it was probably the most confident I'd ever felt. It was one of those where I was in a room filled with so many people and for once I didn't care what I looked like or what I was doing or how I was dancing. I was just kind of moving and just going crazy and feeling it just for, for what it was. And it was um, it, it was just just really refreshing mm. to be able freeing, to, to do that I'm and sure. freeing. Yeah. And there were some parts of it which was choreographed, but all the jumping and the dancing was everybody was like just go for it just do whatever you want and I think that feeling of of not holding back Mm -hmm. was really important for me to get to experience that because even now when I perform that song live everything has changed for me nothing matters every single move even if you do something wrong like you get up and you just dance and you just have a good time and that's the most important thing is to not even just take yourself too seriously I think it really kind of shows in what you do when you start kind of um caring too much Mm. about what people think or what people might say because it instantly kind of holds you back from giving your best performance because you're so afraid of what someone might critique you on right um and that's not to say that I've completely let loose and I'm like I don't care what anybody (laughs) says because I am human and there are so many parts of me that obviously I, I you know being in this industry there's a lot of eyeballs on you and lots of people with opinions and yes it does occasionally get to me but I think because of the way I felt in that music video that no one's words can really get to me or I I haven't really seen anybody say any mean things which is very nice but I think that also does show when you really put yourself out there and um you just kind of have fun with it that it, it does change your mindset even on like maybe somebody's reaction sure and um we're actually sitting in the grammy museum right now we are indeed <laughs> and i'm wondering um you know you're about to do a performance and have a conversation um on the Grammy museum stage uh does that kind of have you thinking at all about the buzz surrounding you and your album going into the next year's grammys it's it's exciting it it's um it makes you feel a bit nervous it's it's mm. exciting to be you know a british artist and to get recognition you know all over the world and especially in america and to find myself here in the grammy museum which is all a bit surreal um and you know also you know i would just be honored to be nominated but also to to be you know to be a part of the representation of women more so in the in the nominations and to be a part of the change and to see you know kind of maybe this year and years moving forward to just see more females being given the opportunity to really shine through because as amazing as it would be to to go home with an award it's also a lot about showing up and you know being there for other artists and being a part of like the representation not just for women but for diversity for everything that's kind of happening you just want to see a lot more of that being shown and I think it's also quite good that 
um, the Grammys have also gone from like five nominations to eight, which gives a much wider range of, of artists being given a chance and an opportunity. And um, it also gives, you know, newer and younger artists hope as well that you you can also have the opportunity to be recognized for all the hard work you've put in because as artists you don't always do it for for you know the the awards and the um i can't remember the word <laughs> the, accolades. the accolades but it's a nice part of it of course it's a, it's a lovely part and it's you know um it, it does make you feel good for the recognition so yeah it'd be nice and finally, um, you know, obviously this album is still doing huge things for you, but are you already thinking about the next album and oh, new absolutely. music? Have absolutely. Have you actually been recording yeah, and I everything? Have. I have. I've been writing quite a bit and um, I feel really good about it. It feels like a good step into um, new territory. It's still pop um, because I feel like that, you know, that's what I love and that's what I do and I, I find my, like, home there. But it's... Um, different sounds and has some like nostalgic feels and um it's just a bit I don't know maybe experimental Hmm. so yeah we'll (laughs) see I'm excited about it that feels like a perfect tease and a perfect note to leave (laughs) off on um hopefully it won't be another year and a half till I talk to you but thank you so much and good luck with everything yeah I'd love to see you soon (laughs) thank you thank you Thank you so much to Dua for taking the time to sit down with me. You know, we've been wanting to have her on again. um, So it's just so great to finally chat. And when we talk next time, Keith will be there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I was was so... uh, You can hear the... um, mournfulness in my voice now on the flip side i did ha- i get i had a video moment with her at the billboard music awards yes. i you know and so katie you have spoken with her i have spoken with her but this is different this was a sit down podcast but you know that's what happens like we had her on the show before she became like this big huge star and she came to our office here we had actually a, a leisurely conversation yeah. with her she, she remembered allegedly remembered allegedly. speaking with me but also i had just seen her the week prior um she performed on the daytime stage for iheart um festival in las vegas and i literally was standing in the photographer's pit like underneath her for that performance and i'm like do you remember talking to me or do you remember like me like i literally was like five feet from her face like while she was performing i was like or maybe you remember the weird girl in the photographer's pit whatever the case she was very sweet and uh lovely to speak with like everything just turns into a blur you don't like do do you ask like do any of these artists really remember anyone like (laughs) Yeah. No, really. I well, mean, some people are so good at that. Like, they talk about politicians who, like, never forget a face. And that's, like, one of the reasons they're so good at being politicians. I can imagine being, um, you know, an A-list star. It's a certain kind of yeah, like skill. You, you, yeah, it's a skill that you have. And I, I feel like some people legitimately have a, just a knack for faces or names or details. And some have great publicists and assistants that, that, like, who feed them the information. feed them inf- information before they start talking <laughs> yes. to you. It's like, you've talked to this person before. Her name is Katie. It's like, yeah. hey, Katie, nice to see yes, you again. Exactly. It's like, when did I see you last? I don't remember. Yeah, let's not get into specifics. Let's not, let's, <laughs> let's not quiz me. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movie. And I'm not proud of my address. Five years ago this week, just five years ago, we're not going that we're not going that far back in time. Normally I'm doing forty-two years ago. Right. 
39. Well, five years ago this week, Lord hit number one on the Hot 100 with Royals. The track climbed three to one on the list dated October 12th, 2013, and spent nine weeks atop the tally. It was her first of so far eight hits on the Hot 100, which also includes another top 10 hit, Team, from 2014. Royals would go on to win a pair of Grammy Awards for Best Pop Solo Performance as well as Song of the Year. Lord most recently hit the charts with her 2017 album Melodrama, and it scored a top 40 hit on the Hot 100 with its leadoff single Green Light. Melodrama would secure the singer-songwriter her first number one album on the Billboard 200 and also nab a Grammy Award nomination for Album of the Year. So there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. (laughs) Five years ago, Lord was on top of the Hot 100 with Royals. And we'll never be royals. It's a running out blood. That kind of luck's just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of buzz. Let me be your Okie dokie. Um, any parting words? Actually, we... We didn't talk about Grammy at all, um, and uh, I'm kind of curious. Like, do do you have any like some forecasts for who you might think be nominated for Best New Artist? You know, I think Dua Lipa is a pretty a, a pretty fair shot. I think so too. Honestly, um, LMA maybe the fact that yes, mm. the fact that um, Dua not only broke through in such a big way this past year, but also that her um, breakthrough single New Rules has such like a like a cool like female empowerment, empowerment message, message. and helps. you know you would that could easily be like a song of the year or record of the year nominee i too. think so too yeah. honestly um but when we spoke about it in the interview as well um so everyone's just heard it but she when she really turned her the conversation about grammys to like i hope women are like he's like i hear Smart the buzz around me but i hope i hope i'm one of many women that okay. are honored well, you know, and considering, you know, the flack um, that happened at the Grammy Awards uh, this year. Exactly. With, with the woman we just talked about, Lord, where, you know, she... She was the one and only... Album of the Year nominee that didn't get a performance slot on the show. Yep. Um, and I think the only category that anyone, that any woman won that was presented on the air was what, Lesia Cara? Was that it? Yes. Something she won like Best that? New Artist. Yeah, there was a lot of, and then the, the whole Neil Portnauer thing. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. So Dua Smartly is like, this narrative is not about me. It's about ladies this year. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more and more about the Grammys in the coming weeks. Indeed. Um, oh, man. What do we go out on today? Oh. Talked about so much. I know. I don't know. Um, many, many options. Maybe Taylor Swift delicate, since Shh. it's such a delicate situation Shh. she's jumped into. Sure. See you guys <laughs> next time. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.